you know, I've learned putting myself first ensures that I feel happy. And when I feel happy, my family feels it too, because we have these beautiful mirror neurons in our brains that register mood within milliseconds. So if I'm happy, literally everyone in my presence will be happier. So happiness, our happiness really becomes the greatest gift we can give. No one wants to be around a grump or a frazzled, exhausted, stressed out person. (laughs) Hello, you are listening to the Late Bloomer Living Podcast, and I am Yvonne Marchese, your host. Today, I'm talking to Jen Riday, the host of the Vibrant Happy Women Podcast. After earning her PhD in human development and family studies, Jen Riday chose to be a stay-at-home mom for her growing family, which now includes six kids. But somewhere in the middle of doing her best to be super mom, she hit rock bottom. She was exhausted, depleted, and overwhelmed by the never-ending to-do list and uh, not being a good enough wife and mom. In 2010, she had a traumatic miscarriage, which was her wake-up call. And from there, she took a deep dive into learning how to take care of herself and find what made her happy. And then she decided to become a life coach so she could help other women. That's when she started her podcast, and now... She's helping other burned out, overwhelmed moms get off the hamster wheel and find balance so they can love their lives again. I can't wait for you to hear her story. Oh, but before we do, I do want to remind you to sign up to get your free guide that I just put out. It's five steps to your midlife reboot. Um, You can get that by either visiting the show notes, uh, my Facebook page, or my Instagram feed at Late Bloomer Living. And uh, that will also sign you up to receive a weekly email to let you know when the new show is out in the world. Okay, enough of all that. Let's go. Hey, Jen, thank you so much for being with me today. I'm super glad to be here. Yeah, me too. Um, I have, you know, I I found your podcast a little bit ago. Um, For those of you listening, it's called the Vibrant Happy Woman Podcast. And uh, I instantly became a fan. I I feel like you and I have a lot in common uh, about the way we're trying to live life right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, I instantly felt connected to you. And uh, and the more I've listened to it, the more I I love the advice that you have um, for your listeners. And uh, it's just, it's just been really cool. So I just wanted to have you on. I know you, I know you have had your own pivot story. Did you become a life coach back when you were what, 40 something? Yeah, 40. Exactly. 40. Maybe for exactly 40. I must have been panicking. Oh no, I'm 40. And that's when I went crazy and did all these changes. Yeah. Yeah. The 40 was a big one for me too. Um, that's when I picked up a camera for the first time after a layoff mm-hmm. and, uh, it was a, just a huge change for me and, and, uh, and started me down a, a much better path than I was on before that. And then now, and then I think getting closer to 50 also pushed me into a new thing, which started the podcast. So. Oh, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what I do at 50. Thanks for the heads up. Yeah. Yeah. You're definitely on the younger end of things than me. Um, well, tell me a little bit about what was happening for you before you became a life coach. Like what was, what was, what was your story? Sure. I, have always been an achiever. I'm a farm girl from Iowa. I 
did well in high school, went to college, went on and got a PhD in human development and family studies. And I quickly realized I didn't want to jump through the hoops that is academia and the mm -hmm. politics of academia. Mm -hmm. So I chose to be a stay-at-home mom, had six kids, and I didn't just do it to be a stay-at-home mom or, or, well, let me explain. You know Maria from The Sound of Music or Mary Poppins. I combined the two <laughs> images of those women into one persona, and that was the woman I wanted to be. And I tried uh -huh. for a long time. Uh -huh. So I held up this image of Maria and Mary Poppins, but the reality of trying to do that with six kids didn't match. So <laughs> I constantly beat myself up for not being good enough. And I got more and more tired. I had six miscarriages in between all of my kids, believe it or not. Wow. So, so looking back now, I think it's kind of hysterical. I, I have a different perspective. I couldn't see in the middle of that all that I was overachieving. I couldn't see it at all. I just always thought I wasn't good enough. Wow. <laughs> so, um, I remember baking bread. I made probably six loaves of bread a week. Why? Oh Why gosh. did I do that? <laughs> Girl. Uh, we always had all the birthday parties at our house because we live in the woods. Uh -huh. One particular birthday party for my son, Silas, who's now um, 15, on one of his younger parties. We had 12 boys, probably seven or eight-year-old boys in the house, and they were having a sledding party. <laughs> and our backyard has huge, amazing boulders at the bottom of a hill. And I don't know what I was <sighs> thinking, but all these 12 boys were sledding and sledding. And I just had to stand there in a panic for about two straight hours, hoping I would keep them all alive. And the <laughs> long, <laughs> oh my God. Long, long story short, um, cortisol, cortisol was my lifestyle. I think stress, you yeah. know, mm -hmm. and, and it gets a little worse. Um, I had an online business at that time doing something called drop shipping, just a little side gig. And when we moved to the <laughs> just a little side gig <laughs> while you have all those kids. <laughs> oh my goodness. And you're baking bread. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's why I look back and I think this is hilarious. Why did I think I wasn't good enough? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, that Google changed its algorithm. So I lost all my customers overnight, lost all the income. And that was my fault. All the eggs were in one basket. Mm -hmm. And I had promised when we moved to this bigger house in the woods that I would always contribute a certain amount towards the mortgage. And my husband said, ah, what are we going to do? And I didn't want to work because I had all these kids. Childcare would have been horrific. So yeah. guess what I did? I did in-home childcare on top of it all, inviting four other kids to our home. <laughs> I know. Oh, oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I think so, I'm, I'm having flop sweats just thinking about this or, or a hot flash either totally. way. <laughs> I, I look back and oh. so sorry for my old self. What yeah. was she thinking? What was she thinking? Well, luckily my body and my energy let me know something was up. I was just crying all the time. I was angry all the time. I was depressed. I was exhausted. And so I had a, my final miscarriage. And my husband and I had this huge fight on the way to the hospital. I needed to go to the hospital because I was totally about to pass out. I guess I needed an IV or something. It was an early miscarriage. So mm -hmm. like at 12 weeks and we had this huge fight and it was 
so painful. And suddenly, you know, you have these myopic moments when all the pain of your life just seems like it's on your shoulders. It all came crushing down. And I remember my brain just flipping like a switch and a voice in my head said, enough, I am not sacrificing my happiness anymore. And that was it. I, I didn't even speak to my husband for quite a while. And I just would leave at night and go to yoga. <laughs> and I would, mm-hmm. I just started taking care of myself. So basic. Why didn't I figure that out earlier? So yoga morphed into self-help, which mm-hmm. morphed into one time in yoga class. I had this thought, my youngest was 18 months and I thought, okay, I'm ready for a big girl job. Enough of this nonsense. I'm going to be happy. And I had this intuitive thought to become a coach and the rest is history. Now I'm the host of the Vibrant Happy Women podcast. I help women essentially get off the hamster wheel, the same hamster wheel I was on and find balance and create a life they love again. And I have tools that really work, you know, because I'm a mom of six. I have the PhD in human development and family studies Mm -hmm. and I want the tools to work none of that through for stuff. So I have the be her morning ritual, the feel it to heal it method, just really juicy stuff that it's helping change lives. And I'm happy about that. I feel like I found my thing finally. <laughs> yeah, man, it sounds like you were built to, it's, isn't it amazing how everything that you were and have done suddenly comes together in such a neat and tidy package? <laughs> Yes. Well, they say your mess becomes your message. And that totally happened to me. Totally happened. Wow. 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 Now the be her morning routine that you have and, and um, the feel it to heal it. Is that something where you, did you find yourself doing those things for, as a part of your own journey before you developed them as part of your coaching practice? Uh, yes, I quickly early on learned I had to do these things because I have a tendency towards depression mm-hmm. to keep functioning with all those kids and the child care. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I did, I got up early and I would walk, walking was big, mm-hmm. um, meditate. I've done that for years. Um, it's better with time and with fewer young kids around, but, um, I had to for survival. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. Like I, you and I were talking just before I hit the the record button on this and uh, about um, how I feel at, at 52, I feel so much better than I did in my forties um, when I wasn't doing the self-care. Um, let me say I wasn't doing it consistently. It wasn't, but um, you know, a few years ago I started doing a morning routine and, um, I don't know how much it, 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 you know, goes in, in line with the be her one that you have, but, uh, it is, it has been a game changer for me to mm-hmm. give myself that gift of time every morning before the kids get up, um, and to exercise every day. Uh, wow. I mean, just amazing. I agree. And I don't know why we as women in particular are so resistant (laughs) to quality self-care, but once you've experienced it, I think you become pretty locked in. Oh my gosh. Can I tell you one of the, one of the most satisfying moments that I had, uh, it's going to make me cry actually. 
after I'd been doing the morning routine, I would say for about a month and a half or so, my older kiddo randomly out of the blue turned to me in, in the morning one day and he was like, you seem happier. Mm. And I was like, oh my gosh, that, that he would notice um, when I don't think he notices all that much, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, was, and, and I thought, wow, if, if that makes a difference in my kid's life, that I'm happier and that they're noticing it, then it's worth everything. And that was probably the biggest boost I got towards keeping going with it. Yeah, that's, that's why I do it. You know, a lot of women think that self-care or putting themselves first is selfish. We have been programmed Mm -hmm. through society, probably a patriarchal society. I'm not going to judge that. Mm -hmm. Men and women both have believed in programming that women should sacrifice for the good of the family, for the male breadwinner. Mm -hmm. And it has made a lot of women unhappy, but there's a shift happening. We're learning that, you know, I've learned putting myself first ensures that I feel happy. And when I feel happy, my family feels it too, because we have these beautiful mirror neurons in our brains that register mood within milliseconds. So if I'm happy, literally everyone in my presence will be happier. Mm -hmm. So happiness, our happiness really becomes the greatest gift we can give. No one wants to be around a grump or a frazzled, exhausted, stressed out person. (laughs) Absolutely. It's contagious. It is. It is. Also, I feel like we all learn a baseline energy or mood in our family of origin. I remember growing up, my mom also struggled with depression. So I probably learned a baseline happiness level there. Mm-hmm. And I am determined to give my kids a higher baseline. And I can't do that unless I up-level my happiness. And that starts with that morning routine and that quality self-care. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we don't want our kids to grow up and feel as lousy as we did at our low points, right? Right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. How long did it take you once you, you had your aha moment in the car and then you started doing yoga and and all that, how, what was like, what was the journey like as you, as you decided to go to life coach, go to life coaching and and take that on? How, what was your, what was your timeframe like, would you say? Uh, The miscarriage was I'm not great at timelines, but I'm guessing three or four years before yeah. I decided to be a life coach. So I did yoga, um, went out with, did join a book club, did things, just spent mm-hmm. some years getting back to some level of baseline happiness and mm-hmm. the idea I could be happy again. Then from More that like point, self-care at that point. Yeah, yeah. 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 Then I started to question after I'd hit that baseline of happiness again. Oh, what, what do I, what do I want to do next? How do I want to contribute? What's my big girl job going to be? And I kind of asked that question for a year before I finally was, I I feel like I received an answer in a yoga class in the final relaxation pose called Shavasana. Mm -hmm. Um, I just had this thought pop in my head, become a life coach. So I went home and Googled it. I was like, what's a life coach? Cause I had thought therapy would be fun because mm-hmm. I already have a PhD in human development and family studies, but not therapy. And I thought, oh, 
I don't want to go back to more school. That sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've done that. Then, then I learned life coaching. You're essentially teaching the same tools. It's just under a different umbrella. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, sweet. So I, I quickly, you know, jumped in, was certified in about six months and then started my podcast and went from there. It's been, wow. And then how long, it, how long did it take you to start the podcast then? I started the podcast um, I was certified by the end of December, tw- um, 2015. And then the podcast launched in May of 2016. Wow. So it was that an, was that like an instant idea for you or did it come to you through doing the life coach, the life coach training, or how did you just, how did you come to the idea of doing a podcast? Cause that's like a whole other thing. Most, uh, coach certifications give you a little foundational, understanding of the marketing aspect of an Mm -hmm. online business like coaching. Mm -hmm. So I kind of upgraded and took another marketing type program and learned you probably need to have a platform or some content like a blog or a podcast or a video blog Mm -hmm. where you reach out to people once a week. And Mm -hmm. I thought, okay, I'm not sure I'm ready for video, but people like my voice. Let's do a podcast. And so I, I did it, made it happen. I, I hired someone to help me with my childcare business while I was transitioning between the two. Oh <laughs> so my God. So you think, so you're still doing the childcare business. Oh, no. You've got the extra kids in. Oh. And not anymore. Um, back no, I mean, kids. but back yeah. when you were making the changeover. Yeah. 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 We relied on that income and I knew I wasn't going to do it forever. No way. I already had six kids. I knew I wouldn't keep doing that once my youngest was in school. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I transitioned and a cup, you know, a time later, I don't remember how long I let them know I'm going to end childcare. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to start a podcast. They didn't know I already kind of had it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, They were fine with it. It was all, all good. Yeah. I just think it's great for people to know that it wasn't just like, it, like for you now, looking back on it, when you talk about it, it sounds so easy breezy, but we're talking about years to make the change um, from that kind of aha moment in the car with your husband to having to go through some time just to take care of yourself and get back to get back to some health there. Right. And then, mm-hmm. then kind of taking on, oh, how am I going to, what's my contribution? Um yeah. Going through that whole process. It's not, it's not all just like an overnight thing. And I think sometimes people, we all get impatient with ourselves uh, and we want to know our purpose or, you know, why am I here? Uh, we we want to know it all right away. And I think it takes a little time to become aware for yourself. And I'll, I'll be honest, like you said, it, it was a grind a lot of the times, but you know, when you're grinding away at something, there's also this behind the scenes and emotion of like, oh, I'm achieving something Yes. than being a mom where you don't really see a lot of achievement because it's, if you clean up, it's gone half an hour later. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, like it was the first podcast episode I edited. It took me like 20 hours because I didn't know what I was doing. And now we have 350 episodes. I don't edit them all anymore, but that's the learning curve, you know? Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, And then congratulations. That's a lot of podcasts and it, and, and it's a lot of work. It's, it's a lot. You know, though, the, and I'm not just being cheesy. 
there is that work aspect, but I would not give up the awesome connections, these deep, heartfelt, fantastic conversations with people like you. Yeah. Uh, This would be missing from my life. It's added so much, this connection and these people and these circles of women who care about growth and, and development. And I love that part. So oh. it's, it's the two sides of the coin. Exactly. I find myself, um, you know, I'm all, I'm only like 20 something episodes in, but oh my gosh, I love it. And it, and it does, I'm like, am I a workaholic? What's going on here? Cause I, I think about it all the time, but yeah. it, in a, in, in a kind of joyful way, like mm-hmm. there's this, sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and, you know, um, hot flashes to be honest with you, but I I'll wake up and then I, and then my mind instantly goes to, Oh, what about, Oh, what if I did that? What, 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 you mm-hmm. know, and, mm-hmm. and there's an excitement to it. So even though I'm not sleeping and there's a little bit of frustration built into that, on the other hand, I'm like, Oh, I can kind of use this time to, to noodle, you know, and let, let my mind go free for a little bit. And it's, uh, it's exciting. Yeah, I find, well, it's your passion. Of course, your mind's going to go there. And, mm-hmm. and I don't think that part ever goes away. You're always thinking about the next thing. It, but it's not negative, I wouldn't say. Yeah. Um, but slowly, I mean, I'm what, five years in now, almost, I don't know, five, I think. Um, I have a, a team. I'm working less and less. I have an office space. So I'm getting that work home boundary into place most of the time mm-hmm. that's super fun then I have this thing that charges me up but I also have this whole separate home sphere it took me a while to get there though you know yeah but it's been it's been a journey yeah what what, what would you say you've learned about yourself in going through this process that mm. you didn't know when you headed into it oh that's such a good question so being an entrepreneur or putting yourself out there in a new endeavor, the number one block is fear. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think fear is the same thing as their intuition saying, no, don't do that. But that's not true. I believe all good things lie on the other side of fear. And that fear is an in- indicator that this is the exact path you should be on. The more it scares you, the more it's the right path. So I always follow my fear and, um, just this past year during COVID, I kept having students reach out to me from my Vibrant Happy Women Club saying, Jen, when are you starting a coach certification? And they kept prodding and I was so scared and COVID had just started. Uh And I'm like, crap, I'm so scared of this. Does this mean I have to do it? (laughs) So I, I did. And because the answer is yes. yes. So I totally, that was the scariest thing I've ever done yet in my life. I launched a, the Vibrant Happy Women Coach Certification. We had uh, 20 enrollees. We started our second group in the fall. Congratulations. And wow. And not only did I start it, but I really believe the coaches coming out of it are probably the highest quality coaches out there because I give them this tool called Feel It to Heal It, where, you know, tier one coaches help you with goals. Mm -hmm. Tier two coaches help you manage your thoughts. So you're actually thinking the right thoughts and getting rid of limiting beliefs so you can achieve the goals. And then tier three coaches 
have a method of moving you through emotions like fear that keep you stuck. So if you can lock in all three, you have found a really quality coach. So Mm -hmm. that's the kind of coaches I'm training. Oh man. Wow. So anyway, back to that topic of fear for everyone listening. Look, I really believe all of us have some contribution we're born to make and we might search for it. We might not know what it is, but if you just follow your fear and take action in the areas of what scares you the most, you're probably going to actually make the contribution you were born to make. It's kind of the feeling of fear mixed with excitement. Like that would be really cool, but I'm so scared. And it's not like a dark fear where, you know, it's a no, like danger. It's a excited fear. And there's, it's scary, but all good things are on the other side. It's amazing when you get past that, the growth, the mindset shifts, all, all the friendships. It's great. Yeah. Cause that fear thing, that's just your, your brain trying to keep you safe, but it's can be misleading. And right. It's, it's like the, some of the things that you may have decided about yourself or about life um, back maybe when you were a kid and from a kid's perspective and a kid's understanding of the world and your little, your little subconscious brain is in there still talking to you from that point of view when it seems like it's, it's, it's like, it's trying to keep you safe, but, but really like you got to look at it and think, well, what, what really is the danger here? Right. Mm-hmm. Like how, how can I get past that fear? Like what's the, one of the things I I've learned over some, some of the studying that I've been doing is just looking at the other side of that fear. What's the worst that could happen? You know, exactly. And the idea of failure in the Western world, failure is a mistake. It's almost like a transgression or a bad mm-hmm. thing, but in mm-hmm. the Eastern world, Failure is learning. What if every failure is part of learning and failure isn't failure at all, but it's another step in the right direction. When you get that mindset shift, then there is nothing that could go wrong. Failure is great. Yay. Put another tally on the failure list because that means I'm moving forward. That's awesome. Right. I think if we could get past, if we could just redefine how we think about selfishness and, and failure, man, Mm -hmm. Can you imagine where we could go from there? Totally. And, and another piece is I think most women, 99% of women I've worked with, one of their biggest limiting beliefs is I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. I'm, not good enough. It, I'm raising my hand. I'm raising my hand right now. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yep. Well, one of my favorite tools to let go of limiting beliefs like that is EFT tapping where you essentially tap on acupressure points while you're saying that limiting belief and it removes the emotional charge around the thought. It doesn't feel true anymore. You can tap it. Like you might start at a, it's true on a scale from zero to 10. It's true at a 10. You do the tapping several rounds. You can get it down to a one or a zero. Like that phrase, I'm not good enough does not ring true for me at all anymore because of that work I did. So that's wow. really fun to know it's possible to get rid of that. Yeah. I've been hearing a lot about tapping and and actually you had somebody on your, your podcast a while back, which kind of um, reminded me to, to take another look at it because um, of, of your, your experience of it seems like it's made such a difference for you. And I thought, oh, maybe I should take another look at that and, or take a deeper look at it. I hadn't really 
um, looked at it closely at all. So I have no experience with tapping other than one or two tries very recently. Um, so I'm, I, I still have a, a long way to go on that path. Well, when I first heard of tapping, I thought that's crazy. <laughs> it sounded it sounded a little hokey to me at first, but yes, uh, but I'm a, you know I'm I'm always a little resistant to, but I, I think that's natural, right? For for yeah. all of us to be a little resistant to things that we're not familiar with. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, but but I am the more I the the longer I live, the more I'm like, well, you know. Why not? Why not check something out and see if there's something in it for you um, mm -hmm. rather than poo-pooing things? Um, you know, if 2000 years worth of Chinese medicine says acupuncture works and then there's branches coming off, acupressure, EFT tapping, mm -hmm. uh, I can't ignore 2000 years of people <laughs> saying something works so much so that a lot of Western medicine does acupuncture now. And they can't really explain why it works, but they still offer it and insurance companies cover it. So it makes right, sense. Right. And yoga used to be totally weird. Oh, so yeah. many years ago. Right. right? And right. yoga has just been a complete lifesaver for me, for sure. Yes. Um, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I just do like my little home practice with videos. You know what I mean? I'm mm -hmm. not even a full on, I, I, you know, I'm not a full on yogi and I'm not not super stretchy or any of that stuff, but, um, but it's, there's something about tapping into your breathing every day and just taking the time for yourself, giving yourself the gift of doing that and doing it consistently where when, when you do some, I don't know about you, do you find that, that when you do something for yourself, like whatever you're doing during your morning routines, um, just doing that every day gives me a sense of confidence in myself to that, that I can get up and that I can follow through on something that I've committed to. And that spills over for me into other parts of my life. Totally. I agree. The fact that you committed, plus we know that many forms of exercise actually increase our testosterone momentarily. And, and we know testosterone, which both men and women have testosterone is the hormone of risk-taking and confidence. So it makes sense that you would feel that way. Another check check mark for the box for morning routine, you know, uh, doing a morning routine. Yeah. And I, I say morning routine specifically because I tell you, if I don't do the exercise in the morning, first thing, it's most of the time not going to happen. I agree. Just not good not for me. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of other people who, you know, can do it, take a time out in the afternoon or in their lunch break or but for me, once the day is rolling, I just, I just don't get back to that, you know? Yep. I don't know why that is. I've, you know, there's some research that suggests we have more willpower in the mornings, but that research has also been debunked by other researchers. So I don't know the answer, but I agree with you. The morning yeah. is when I seem to be able to get more done. Yeah. And I guess it's just, everybody's got to find out for themselves what, mm -hmm. what works um, to do that. So here's another question for you as you headed down your new path, um, kind of the flip side of what you've learned about yourself, what, what do you wish you had known way back then? Hmm. Do you mean the entrepreneurial path or even the self-care path? Self-care, like, go, yeah, just like from, from the, from the moment that you, I guess let's go with the entrepreneur, entrepreneurial path. Easy for me to say. Um, what do you wish you'd known when you decided to become a coach and when you decided to start your podcast and on from there? Yeah, I, I would say I wish I had known 
the importance of having a, your own coach or your own mentor mm -hmm. to follow someone who has succeeded mm -hmm. in that area. I had this idea I could figure it out and figure it out. And luckily I did, but um, it took longer than it would have if I had just followed a mentor, <laughs> a lot of wasted steps. So why not find someone who has done it and let them tell you the steps, save yourself so much headache. Yeah. That does seem to come up a lot as I talk to people um, on the podcast is the power of, of having a coach or a mentor or somebody to hold your hand and kind of show you the way a little bit or to at least keep you accountable and feeling supported. Yes. And um, another one that comes to mind is I don't know. I think my money mindset was weak back then, but I thought I had to do everything as cheaply as possible. Like I invested the bare minimum. And when you're barely investing any money in it, that means you have to invest your time. So I wish I had invested more money from the beginning and had more help from the beginning because then I wouldn't have had to give so much time. And, and it, if you have the right mentor, you can know it's going to pay off for you. Trust it's going to pay off to invest that money upfront for the help you need. Yeah. Yeah. What would you, if you were to give um, advice to anybody out there or, or just share something, if, if there was somebody out there right now, who's, <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty feeling stuck or feeling, um, you know, darker, and uh, not knowing what their contribution is in the world, what, what would you suggest for somebody just to kind of get past that feeling of being stuck? Yeah, I have a fun one and so easy. Take a blank sheet of paper every morning and at the top, write the question, what would make today great? Mm. And then without filtering, you just write. You will be surprised what will show up on that paper. And it's a different question than most of us put on the sheet of paper, which is what do I have to do today? Mm -hmm. You'll get totally different things coming out of your brain. What Ooh, would I like it. Today? Great. And if you're constantly chasing that, your instinct, your intuition is going to get you to your purpose. If you follow what would make today great, you will get there. Ah, I love it. I love that. It's kind of like um, the idea of setting an intention for the day, but it gives it a, it gives it a, um, an action. Um, yeah, well, and a fresh thought process. Like if you're doing that every day, it's like, you can't, you can't step into the same stream twice. Right. So if you, if you maybe have sat down and done some sort of exercise like that in the past, that's all good and well, but maybe you're, maybe things are changing for you. And so doing that every day could be a real a real game changer. Yeah. It, it's a, you know, when you're writing down a to-do list, your mind goes to uh, catch up the laundry, pick up the cat mm -hmm. from the vet, um, help the kids with the homework. But when you switch it to what would make today great, you're like, Oh, going to see a movie with the kids would be so great. It's not, it's not unmanageable to that. If it's not COVID that is, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> but, um, or taking a one hour walk, that would be so great. And then suddenly your life and your list looks juicy and amazing and it generates feelings of positivity and all of that positivity drives you to even more action. It's just all about doing what makes you feel great. I really believe that. Ah, I love it. 
I love it. Is there, are there any books or um, teachers or movies or anything like that, that has just really rocked your world? Or do you feel like it has kind of formed who you are? Hmm. Wow. Great question. I, I used to say um, Brene Brown's books. Yeah. Uh, I love those. I love her. <laughs> and, and, and now, I mean, she, there's so many other great people I would put right alongside her. So I don't know mm-hmm. that any stand out. There's always just the next book and the next book that's changing my thinking. I do love The Untethered Soul by Michael A. Singer. That's oh, that's book. one I haven't heard of. Okay, cool. I'll put that in show notes for people and along with uh, some Brene Brown links as well. Love her. Yeah. Uh, very cool. And are you reading it? Is that what you're reading right now? Is his book? Um, hold on. What I'm reading like right now is called... <laughs> One second. And it could even be whatever. What are you reading for fun? Like what, what, what movies are, what are you doing for fun? Okay. So right now I'm ringing, uh, reading, winging it by Emma Isaacs. She's a, another entrepreneur with six kids. So I was intrigued that uh-huh. someone else with so many kids was doing this. <laughs> <laughs> um, for fun, I am doing a yoga teacher training. I'm becoming a certified yoga <gasps> teacher. Yeah. Oh, that's very, that is something that I've been kind of uh, toying with that idea. That's exciting. Good for you. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of hours. 200 hours is really a lot of hours. Yeah. But, um, I'm almost there. <laughs> how, so, so how long have you been doing that now? That's amazing. Um, I started in September and we finish in December. Wow. So we, we are on our fourth weekend right now. Uh-huh. And then one they're uh, five-day weekends, all virtual right now because of COVID, I was just going to ask. So you're able to do That's it why I signed up. Yeah. I ah. signed up because virtual is going to make it the easiest I can possibly ever get. So. Oh my goodness. Okay. Oh, you're giving me a little bit of a, <laughs> oh, I'm excited. That, that, that just got me excited. Very cool. And are, are you, what are you reading for fun? Anything or watching? What Any favorite movies, anything like that? I, my one not even a guilty pleasure. I have no guilt, but I love watching This Is Us on Hulu. <laughs> I need to get back to that. I think I watched one episode and then got into something else and uh, it looks really good. And I always, always, always am hearing about it. So it's so heartfelt. Uh, it reminds me of a show called Parenthood I used to watch that finally ended. And I thought there's never going to be such a great show again, but now This Is Us has done it for me. Yeah. Mm. Very cool. Is there anything else that, well, gosh, you've got a lot going on with the, with the yoga training and, <laughs> and, uh, and coach training and everything. Is there anything, what do you, is, what do you, what would you say you're most excited about coming up soon? Anything? I am excited to be spending Christmas at home, not traveling whatsoever and no, uh. no guilt about who we need to visit and what we need to buy. We just told everyone we're not participating in any gift exchanges. We're keeping it simple. I'm so relieved. <laughs> we, uh, one of our fun traditions is uh, we do, my husband grew up in Switzerland. So we do Swiss fondue on Christmas Eve. Oh, Delicious. fun. Yes. <laughs> you know, um, if you'd like, I, I just thought of this. I, 
I once put my fondue recipe up on my website. If you want to share a link, it's jenriday.com slash fondue. Awesome. I will definitely do. Oh, that's exciting. All right. Little Christmas gift for everybody. Here yeah, you go. There's a cheese fondue recipe and our chocolate fondue recipe. I believe oh. they're the best recipes ever. We've tried a lot. So. All right. Oh, and I can't. So now I'm excited. That'll, that'll be good for Christmas. We're going to have to do that. My, okay. My let me know if you like it. <laughs> I will. I will. Thank you. Yeah. Very exciting. Well, I'll, I'll just say happy holidays now. So early. Here we are Thank in what, early me November too. talking, but by the time this comes out. <laughs> Yep. Happy holidays, everybody. Well, there you have it. If you want to know more about Jen, I'll have that information for you in the show notes. Just go to latebloomerliving.com slash podcast and click on the show notes for episode 28. Thanks so much for listening. And hey, if you got something out of this today and it makes you think of someone you know, can you take a minute to share this with them? You can really help spread the word about this podcast and spread some inspiration around to your friends. A little early holiday gift. Uh, Share it on Facebook, email, or Instagram. I'd really appreciate your help. I hope you have a fantastic week. Stay safe and well. Talk soon.